Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Wednesday, January 17th. Today we're covering the stunning victory of 16-year-old Andriva over six-seed Jabor in Melbourne and Embiid's dominant performance to lift Philly. Plus, we'll discuss Harden's desire to keep the Clippers' core intact and the Falcons' latest interview with Harbaugh for their opening. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. Day four of the Australian Open saw some unexpected upsets, but American player Coco Goff managed to avoid the trend. She advanced to the third round with a 7-6-6-6-2 win over fellow American Caroline Dolahide. Helena, what can you tell us about Goff's performance? Steven, Goff had a tough first set but managed to pull away in the second. Dolehide served for the opening set at 6-5 before Goff took control in the tiebreaker. Goff acknowledged the difficulty of the match, stating that Dolehide would punish any short serves. Goff will next play another American, Alicia Parks, who also reached the third round of a Grand Slam singles tournament for the first time. While Goff advanced, we saw some surprising exits. Anjabur of Tunisia and former top-ranked Caroline Wozniacki of Denmark were both eliminated by young Russian players. What happened there, Helena? Indeed, Stephen. Jaber, a two-time Wimbledon runner-up, made 24 unforced errors and was defeated 6-0, 6-2 by 16-year-old Mira Andreva in just 54 minutes. Andreva, who made her Grand Slam debut at the French Open last year, expressed her admiration for Jaber and said she was nervous before the match. This is the second consecutive year that Jaber has lost in the second round in Melbourne. As for Wozniacki, she was defeated 1-6, 6-4, 6-1 by 20-year-old Maria Timofeva, who is making her main draw Grand Slam singles debut this year. Wozniacki, a former Melbourne Park winner, led by a set and 2-0 before Timofeva turned the match around with some devastating hitting, including 40 winners. That's quite a turn of events. What about the other matches, Helena? In other women's matches, ninth-seeded Barbora Krejcikova of Czechia secured a straight-sets win and number 10-seeded Beatriz Haddad Maya beat Alina Korneva. Amanda Anasimova continued her comeback from a seven-month mental health break with a win over Nadia Podoroska. Defending women's champion Arena Sabalenka of Belarus also headlines the night matches later today. It's certainly shaping up to be an exciting tournament. Thanks for the updates, Helena. Now, let's pivot to a recent NBA showdown between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Denver Nuggets where Joel Embiid of the 76ers and Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets, the top two finishers in the past three MVP races, faced off in a thrilling match. Embiid ultimately led the 76ers to a 126-121 victory, scoring 41 points with seven rebounds and 10 assists. Helena, can you break down this game for us? Absolutely, Stephen. It was a high-scoring game, with both teams scoring 78 points in the first half. Embiid's 10 consecutive points in the fourth quarter proved to be the game-changer. Despite Jokic's impressive 24 points and 19 rebounds, Embiid's performance was paramount in securing the win for the 76ers. Embiid's performance was indeed impressive, especially considering he had missed three games in a row due to knee soreness and a sprained ankle. He wasn't even listed on the injury report against Denver. How significant is this for Embiid and the 76ers? It's quite significant, Stephen. Embiid's streak of having at least 30 points and 10 rebounds ended at 16 games, 
tying him with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the longest by anyone not named Wilt Chamberlain in NBA history. Despite this, his dominance in the game, especially in the closing minutes, was undeniable. His performance gives the 76ers belief that they can compete with the league's elite teams. The 76ers are 23-6 when Embiid is in uniform this season, and now they have wins over both Boston and Denver. What does this mean for the team's standing and Embiid's chances for the MVP title? Well, Embiid was in first place in last month's first edition of ESPN's MVP straw poll, so he's in a strong position to claim the league's top individual honor for a second straight season. However, he's aware that his ultimate judgment will come from whether the 76ers can finally break through in the playoffs and advance past the second round. As Embiid himself said, if you want to be the best, you got to win. You got to find a way to win. It's clear that Embiid is focused on team success as much as individual accolades. And speaking of team dynamics, James Harden, who has been with the Clippers for just over two months, is expressing his desire to keep the team's core together. This comes after the Clippers' victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder, marking their 23rd win in 30 games. Helena, what's the significance of Harden's comments? Stephen, it's a strong statement from Harden, who has had a rocky relationship with his previous team, the Philadelphia 76ers. He's indicating a sense of stability and satisfaction with his current team, the Clippers. He's under contract and can't sign a new deal until after the NBA Finals, but his comments suggest he's looking at a long-term commitment. Kawhi Leonard also signed a three-year, $153 million contract extension last week, and he's expressed a similar sentiment, right? Yes, Leonard took less than what he was eligible for with the hope that the Clippers can keep the core of the team together. Paul George, who led the Clippers against OKC with impressive stats, is also eligible for a contract extension. Both Leonard and George have expressed their desire to remain with the Clippers. The Clippers have had an impressive run since Harden joined, haven't they? Absolutely, Stephen. After losing six straight games post-Harden's trade, the Clippers have gone 23-7. to Their 18-4 record since the beginning of December is the best in the NBA. Harden himself is averaging 16.9 points, 8.4 assists, and 4.6 rebounds with the Clippers. It's clear that his addition has significantly boosted the team's performance. It's interesting to note that Harden, Leonard, George, and Russell Westbrook are all from the Los Angeles area. They've all expressed a desire to win a championship at home with the Clippers. What are the implications of this? It's a powerful narrative, Stephen. These players have a deep connection to the city, and winning a championship at home would be a dream come true. It's also a strong selling point for the Clippers in terms of fan engagement and local support. However, it's worth noting that both George and Westbrook have player options for next season, so their future with the Clippers isn't set in stone yet. Indeed, it will be interesting to see how things unfold for the Clippers. Thanks for your insights, Helena. In other sports news, the Atlanta Falcons are shaking things up, and they're not being shy about it. They've announced that they've completed an interview with Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh just a day after sitting down with former New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick. Helena, our sports analyst, is here to discuss this development. Helena, what's your take on this? Well, Stephen, it's clear that the Falcons are aiming high. Harbaugh and Belichick are two of the most accomplished NFL coaches out there. Harbaugh, in particular, has an impressive record. He's been at Michigan since 2015, 
winning the national championship earlier this month and three straight Big Ten titles. His record with the Wolverines is 86-25, and his team has won at least 12 games in each of the past three campaigns. That's quite a record indeed. But Harbaugh isn't new to the NFL, is he? No, he's not. Before Michigan, Harbaugh coached the San Francisco 49ers from 2011 to 2014, leading them to two NFC West titles, three playoff appearances, three trips to the NFC Championship game, and one Super Bowl berth. His NFL tenure never saw a season under .500. He also had a successful stint at Stanford, helping to develop future number one overall pick Andrew Luck. So Harbaugh is the seventh coach to interview with the Falcons to replace Arthur Smith, who was let go earlier this month. Who are the other candidates? The Falcons have a diverse list of candidates. Besides Harbaugh and Belichick, they've interviewed Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, assistant head coach Anthony Weaver, Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, Carolina Panthers D coordinator Ajiro Evero, and Niners D coordinator Steve Wilkes. It's worth noting that this is Harbaugh's second known interview, as he also spoke with the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday. It's clear that the Falcons are leaving no stone unturned in their search for a new head coach. Thanks for your insights, Helena. Now, as we wrap up our stories for today, we appreciate you listening to Current Radio and look forward to welcoming you back here tomorrow.